All right. I promise we are going to do this. This is take three. I think we got everybody on the line. We're going to do this old school. We got everybody call in because thanks to Blog Talk Radio. And uh, hey, if you guys are listening, you need to fix these direct connects, man. This is really, really irritating. And we got we got Ryan on the line. We got Matt on the line. Matt, uh, ever all, all you guys might recall, Matt was the uh, has been on the show before, founder of Top Sports, host of Top the Pod, writer at DominateFantasy.com. How you doing, Matt? And thank you for bearing with us over the last what, like half hour now? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Glad to be here. You know, I'm just watching uh, training camp videos while I wait. So you know, really nothing wrong with that. <laughs> we all can use a little extra time to watch some training camp videos. I am on board of that. And everybody, please congratulate Ryan. He is now basically a member of every news outlet known to man. Uh, I believe that's Fantasy Pros NHL Das that you're a member of now. Is that right, Matt? Uh, right, is that right, Ryan? Yeah, uh, officially as of uh, earlier or mid late week last week, got uh, got picked up to to cover the Tampa Bay Lightning. So uh, pretty pumped about it. Yeah. So from now on, is it okay, Ryan? If you're just our special guest every week, we we'll just say that you're from a different outlet. Is that cool? You know, we'll be uh, that way. We don't have to worry about booking special guests anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, I'll just uh, I'll just call in as uh, Ryan from a different outlet every week. <laughs> All right, let's get serious here because there's enough messing around. Seriously, guys, I will not put everybody through this, but we it was a half hour coming, so let's go ahead and get this episode finally started. Okay, so there's lots to talk about, and what we wanted to hit today is your fantasy football drafts. You know, the preseason's just around the corner. Thursday, first game of the preseason, Bears-Ravens, 8 o'clock p.m. So there's lots of things to think about because that means fantasy football season also one month away. So let's talk about the number one thing, and that is where you want to be in your draft position in 12-team standard and 12-team PPR leagues. I know for a fact that both you, Ryan, and you, Matt, have been in many, many drafts at this point and, of course, have both participated in our mock draft, which is coming out to the website very soon. So let me start with you, Matt. What's your preferred draft position in 2018 and why? Yeah, I don't know if you just got into my head on the, the order that you gave me for the mock draft, but uh, I love picking up <laughs> Again, uh, I, I like picking up the turn, 11, wow. 12, anywhere in that range. So I actually got the position that I like best. Oh, that's interesting. So why is that? Why do you like to t- why do you like picking up the turn? I think it's really important to set an early foundation with your team. So I would much rather have the ability to get two guys on the back end, especially this year with the way that the running back uh, depth isn't looking as solid. If I can grab two guys on the back end of that first round. Some guys have been getting pretty consistently there are Hunt, Fournette, mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook, Melvin Gordon. Mm-hmm. If I could get two of those guys, I'd rather have them than just get, you know, a Todd Gurley at the beginning and then have to wait uh, what would be, you know, about 20 picks until he comes back around to get my second best guy. So, Right, right. That's an, in- that's an interesting approach to that. So what do you think, Ryan? Do you agree with that? Or, or where do you prefer to draft after all the experience you've had in the preseason? Where do you expect to draft? Where do you like to draft in the uh, in 2018? Um, I think last time Matt was on the show, we did far too much agreeing with each other. And unfortunately, <laughs> uh, we're going to start off that way again. Uh, no, oh, I mean, man. I think traditionally, you know, traditionally I like in a snake draft to be in the middle. Um, I like having the balance of, 
you know, somewhere in that four, five, six, seven range, um, and really more the five, six, seven range. There's never too much of a drought between picks. But given the way this year and the tiers have kind of fallen, I'm the same way. You know, I've I've had a lot where I'm coming in at the end and I'm getting that turn. And if I can get, you know, the the, the combo I've paired a lot together so far, given where they're falling in these drafts is. You know, in, the, in 12 team leagues where I'm at the 10th, 11th spot, I'm able to, to grab, you know, Dalvin Cook and, and Michael Thomas back to back and have those yeah. in my, my number ones on both spots. And so I just really, um, for this year specifically in the way the classes are, um, I love the turn pick. Uh, I always hate a top end pick because I hate, um, it's nice having a Todd Gurley, but I hate having to go, you know, 20 picks then um, before I get to grab my, my next guy off the board. So for me right now, it's the turn traditionally, in most years, it's the middle. Um, and I'll almost never, I, I always hate being at the top of the draft. Yeah, so I'm going to agree with you guys, at least with respect to the top of the draft, but how about drafting, like, say, at number four? I found that to be a pretty good spot because of the fact that you get one of Gurley, Bell, Elliott, or Johnson, and then when you come back around, you have an opportunity, opportunity particularly in PPR leagues, but, but in standard as well, you get an opportunity to get a guy like maybe a Devontae Freeman, maybe a Christian McCaffrey, maybe Jarek McKinnon, you know, none of those guys super exciting, but definitely some upside, definitely a PPR could pick you up a couple extra receptions. Um, I, I kind of like that strategy. You guys disagree with that, Matt? Um, I love picking. If I'm picking early, I want to pick at four because I think no matter what, if you're picking in those top four spots, you're going to get a, a really great running back that's right. interchangeable depending on preference. So, yeah, I think five is probably the worst spot to draft this year because you're just missing yes. out. Right, right, and you feel like obligated to take Antonio Brown or something at that point. What do you think, Ryan? Would you would you draft at four, or are you still thinking of the uh, turn? Yeah, I mean, if I have to be in the top, I agree. I, I'd want to be at four because, you know, I'll just take whatever one of those four guys falls. But for me, um, again, just in the turn, you know, you talk about even if, you know, Jarek McKinnon lives up to the, the hype, you know, but if you have McKinnon, and David Johnson, I would rather have Dalvin Cook, who I think it could, it, I think at the end of the year is going to show people where he should be. And if I can get him and Mike Thomas and get an elite receiver um, or even, you know, pair Cook up with another back there or whatever, whatever the case may be, I just – I like that turn so much better this year. Um, and I think that, uh, that that's just a much better spot to draft up. But, yeah, if I'm in the top four, I want to be at four. All right, so that's some good information. Everybody keep an eye out on your draft position. It could definitely impact the way you approach your draft. Let's ring the bell on that and get to our major topic of the day, and that's because the preseason is just only a couple days away. As I mentioned, we want to talk about the top five things that you should look out for in the NFL preseason to help you with your fantasy football draft. So let's start with you, Matt. Give us your number uh, – let's just count them down, five to one. What's your number five, the, the thing that you think that people should keep an eye out on at the preseason in order to help them with their fantasy football draft? Yeah, i got to give a shout-out to, uh, you know, the hometown Baltimore Ravens here. Current hometown Baltimore Ravens are going to be starting off the preseason on Thursday. So very excited for the Hall of Fame <laughs> game. Yep. Uh, I'll start it off by saying uh, something to avoid. Uh, don't get hooked on coach talk. Um, I think that's an mm. easy trap for us to fall into. Listen, everybody looks good this time of year, right? <laughs> and if a coach isn't right. talking to you, that's a bad sign. So I think the perfect example of this is I got hooked last year on Isaiah Crowell. You know, I was listening to Hugh Jackson. You know, oh, oh Crowell's going to get 25 carries a game. He's going to be the workhorse back. Um, and, you know, I picked up a bunch of Crowell shares, and that obviously did not work out for me last season. <laughs> so that's just kind of a good example of how coach talk can suck you in. Yep. 
All right, that's a good. That is a good example of it. And then obviously, uh, another example: Ron Rivera saying that Christian McCaffrey will have 25 to 30 touches per game. Ideally, uh, if he does, he'll be the number one asset in fantasy football. But um, I don't know if that's going to happen. All right, Ryan, what's your number? Uh, what 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 do you think? Let's count it down for five. Yeah, so I hadn't really put much thought into how I was ordering them five to one, but I'll just say kind of a general um, thing I'll be looking at and then kind of working my way down is, um, you know, obviously everyone knows the trends of, of when the starters are playing out there, and I want to see uh, particularly, at least for the initial part of the season, a lot of these uh, competitions, you know, who's getting um, primary carries, who's getting the, the, the mm-hmm. major workload, who's really running with the ones. Um, and, and particularly in some of the running back backfields that are, are really clouded. So, um, you know, I try to take like a 10,000 foot level on that one and just, and just look at it as, you know, uh, this is finally a chance because in OTAs and training camp, um, as Matt said, you know, you're going to hear a lot of fluff and you're going to get a lot of, this guy looks great. And this guy came into camp and super in shape and he's, he's had a great practice and, you know, what does seven on seven build tell you nothing. And not that the preseason tells you a hell of a lot more, but at least you can see uh, past the, the bull crap and the, the fodder after the game of uh, the coach speak, as he said, um, and you'll actually see on the field who's, you know, who's taken reps with the first team offense and, and guys that you think you'll be able to start relying on. All right. So are there any particular guys in the backfield you have an eye on? Maybe, the Kenyon Drake situation in Miami with uh, Cam Ballage or Darius Geis in Washington or Derrick Henry in Tennessee, any of those actually are, are things that you're keeping an eye out on as far as back time, backfield timeshares? So one of my top four, which you didn't mention, is, uh, is, is one of these scenarios. So I'll save that one. But, yeah, okay. um, Derrick Henry, Derek Henry in Tennessee I think is, is fascinating to me um, just because I think that coming into this year when they first started to move on and take this over as his team and the production he's had that people are really high on him. But then you go and bring in a guy like Neon Lewis and now people are uh, a little bit more scared about Derrick Henry. And you've seen his ADP, at least on draft, you know, come crashing down, which I think yep. is ridiculous because Dion Lewis has been healthy for exactly one full season in his NFL <laughs> career. Um, that's that's yep. the exception, not the rule. I mean, this is a guy who's much older than you think because you only think he's played a couple years, but he's been, it's a guy, he's going to be six or seven years in the pros now. So, you know, I know he'll be effective in the passing game, but if I, you know, if I see a situation there where Henry's getting a lot of the primary carries and running a lot with the ones, and they're using more Dion as a guy that can move around the offense and using the passing game, and, and that they're trying to create plays for, which will right. show me that they're trying to build a role for him because they still want Henry to be the main guy there. So that one I'm super interested in because I have quite a few shares in Henry just because of the fact that his his price is so low right now. Uh, because people are really, I guess, uh, you know, skeptical of what his, uh, you know, his workload's going to be. All right. Well, we keep an eye on that in the preseason as well. Matt, why don't you get to your next one? What's the next thing you're looking at in the preseason? I'm looking at rookie battles here and what I would call kind of fake depth charts. I think, you know, we've heard in the last week here uh, out of Denver, Royce Freeman isn't apparently number one going into this uh, training camp and preseason, mm-hmm. you know. In Seattle, apparently Rashad Penny isn't the number one. I just heard today that, you know, Todd Bowles is coming out with Sam Darnold as QB3 on the depth chart. And uh, so I'm, I'm looking to see how quickly these guys, quote, move up the depth chart. I actually think, in, especially in Freeman and um, Penny's case, these guys actually are at the top of the depth chart. But it's a little bit of gameplay. It's a little bit right. of the coaches kind of – you know, not giving them the job per se, but 
I'm looking to see how these guys are used. Are they only going to be rushing court, uh, running backs? Are they going to be used in the passing game? How well is Penny going to adjust to the pass blocking, which I know is the big uh, concern for him. So I want to see – I wouldn't actually doubt if Chris Carson keeps a high volume early in the season, but I cannot see Devonta Booker holding off Royce Freeman in Denver. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good point, and that is something that we should all keep an eye on as well. And, Ryan, what's your number uh, – what's the next thing you're looking at in the preseason? Well, instead of bouncing around coming back to it, I just alluded to a, there was a backfield that I had my eye on uh, pretty strongly, and I know that you know what I'm about to say given how much we talked about him last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the Chris Carson storyline is absolutely fascinating. Yep. Um, I saw somebody tweet out the other day, and I tweeted back in and I never heard back, but uh, – you know, somebody, one of these writers out here had said something about that people people forget that um, that Chris Carson was only relevant for 15 minutes last year and for and it was only good for five of those, which I just absolutely reject. Chris Carson was the best running back on the field in Seattle all four of the weeks he was there, and every single game we talked about this multiple times last year was, you know, yeah. he he wasn't. If you go back and break down his touches by half, I think you'll see a huge uptick because this was a guy who would not touch the ball in the first half. They were trying to get somebody else going, trying to feed them the ball. And then for whatever reason, reluctantly would go to Chris Carson in the second half. And that's when he put up all his points. Um, and then you had a situation where they go and now draft in the first round, Richard Penny, and then they turn around and now, now they're praising Chris Carson in a way they never did last year. So it just, it just seems so dysfunctional in Seattle. Right. It's such a hard thing to read because you don't draft the guy that high um, yeah. and then not start him, but all indications are that they're not going to start him, which is so weird because they were so reluctant on Carson last year, and now they have another guy there instead. They're, beef, you know, they're propping somebody else up, and it's just the whole thing's really nuts, and it's really hard to predict right now, but I think it's super fascinating because I believe in Chris Carson, and if he gets on the field, I think he's going to uh, have the opportunity to shine again, and I expect him to. Well, he could be an absolute steal because he's basically going undrafted in most uh, regular standard uh, standard fantasy football drafts. And Rashad Penny has climbed dramatically. He's now RB22 according to average draft position. So there's a lot to, to unpack there and keep an eye on. Uh, so let's go ahead and flip it back over to you, Matt. What's your third thing that you're looking for in the NFL preseason? Um, one particular position battle that I'm very interested in seeing and it's kind of flying under the radar. I want to know what in the world is going on with the tight end position in Los Angeles, specifically mm-hmm. with the Chiefs. Um, you know, the void filled by the Antonio Gates retirement and then the Hunter right. Henry unfortunate injury, uh, it looks like it's going to be Virgil Green's position, but nobody is drafting him. And I've been taking him late um, in, you know, very deep leagues and, um, the name is escaping me at that moment, but I know there was an injury um, to one of the other tight end contenders for the position in training camp. So are they going to go back to Gates late in the preseason and sign him, or are they going to roll with Virgil Green and give him a chance this year? Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question. And I guess part of that we're going to figure out in the preseason when we see how he's being utilized uh, and if they are actually going to utilize him in a way that uh, use, it features him as a tight end because, you know, he, he hasn't had a real history as far as uh, as I am uh, aware of being a good move tight end. And um, and this may be his opportunity. But there have been talk about trying to take Antonio Gates off the streets and get him back in there, and he doesn't want to play for Penny. So that will be interesting to take a, take a, keep an eye on in the uh, preseason. So, Ryan, let's jump over to you. What's the third thing that you're looking at in the preseason? Yeah, so I'm looking at – 
rookie wide receivers because I think for the first time in a long time, um, you know, we're going to be going into a year really not knowing what to expect. Um, this is, this is, you know, arguably one of the worst wide receiver draft classes in the last 10 years. And I think there's, you know, little to, to dispel that to this point. So I'm interested to see if any of these guys, um, you know, really come out there and show kind of their role and what they're going to be, you know, who they're going to be. I mean, the, the guy who obviously I'm most interested in would be DJ Moore, just because mm-hmm. I just think that he's surrounded by nothing in Carolina as far as the wide receiver position. And uh, Cam has, uh, has made uh, chicken soup out of chicken bleep before. Uh, you know, he, uh, he made, you know, he was the guy who finally got Ted Ginn to look like a, a real receiver. And, and so there's yeah. not a lot of competition there. And I like the skill set of DJ Moore, but it's interesting to see if they're going to be patient and, and bring him along or if they're going to roll him out there and he's going to be the number one guy to go right off the top. And, you know, is Calvin Ridley, you know, automatically going to be, you know, second in ears. He looking like a guy who's going to train for second in targets and surpass mm-hmm. the new um, in, the, in the receiver game in Atlanta. And so I just, you know, I look across the board, and I think that's a you know position of um, for the first time in a long time you're going into into you know keeper leagues or dynasty leagues, and there's just not a lot of really guys you feel confident about at the wide receiver position. So I'm I'm hoping that you know one or two guys really have a good strong preseason to make some of us feel like we can uh, feel feel confident in some of these guys moving forward. Yeah, and they can be some real values. Dale Calvin Ridley at uh, average draft position of 125 at wide receiver 47. DJ Moore at 129 at wide receiver 49. So two of those guys to keep an eye on. And I will actually throw out there, and of course this is in my own interest, uh, Anthony Miller at the Chicago Mm -hmm. Bears, who is actually 165 and wide receiver 59. So it's maybe some value there as well. All right, let's turn it back over to you, uh, Matt. What's the fourth thing you're looking at in the preseason? Yeah, so I try to do a lot of dynasty-focused writing uh, and talk a lot of dynasty over on the top two pods. So I'm going to say that this is this is the time of the year for dynasty players. Some of us may have later rookie drafts. You really got to be honing in and watching these rookies. Specifically this year, it's going to be the quarterbacks. If you're looking at which uh, rookie quarterback you're drafting, especially if you're playing in Superflex League, where these guys might be going towards the top, you're probably not going to see a lot of Lamar Jackson, uh, potentially not a lot of Baker Mayfield, uh, probably not a lot of Josh Allen on the field in the regular season this year. So you got to be watching the first two weeks, really, of the preseason. We know once it gets to week three, we start to see more of starters. Uh, so you really got to be honing in on these guys in the first two weeks to see what they're going to do. Uh, I'm planning on getting some uh, preseason Ravens tickets just to see Lamar Jackson in, per- mm. in person this Yep, and and I can say, and although reports are coming out that Joe Flacco is having his best preseason ever or best offseason ever, whatever that means, I guess uh, <laughs> he's been kicked into high gear. Uh, just FYI, I, actually a friend of mine is uh, related to Joe Flacco. Uh, <laughs> apparently he is taking this very seriously, so this might be a huge wake-up call for him. Maybe he will actually um, be the guy that they signed uh, many years ago to that enormous contract. All right, let's jump it over to number four. For you, Ryan, what are you looking at in the preseason? So I went really matchup specific or guy specific in the last two. Um, and the one that I'm really interested in um, is kind of two guys in, in uh, New Orleans. Uh, Ted Ginn, uh, obviously kind of working as a number two guy last year, um, had had really good production in, in, in New Orleans. And obviously Drew Brees and a dome and all that, that's going to be good production. 
but the hype that's starting to come out around Cameron Meredith, obviously coming off that injury last year uh, in this offense now. Um, so I'm really interested in those two guys early, early, early in the in my, my best ball uh, leagues this year. I, I owned uh, a couple of Ted Ginn uh, piece, uh, or shares, but, uh, you know, as that's kind of – as the storylines have kind of changed through camp here, I'm kind of tilted on that. So I'm, I'm really interested to see what we see. Is, you know, we obviously know what Mike Thomas and Kamara – uh, we'll move to that offense, but I, I really want to see how the receiving core starts to shake up beyond that and, uh, you know, what, what what production we can expect out of those guys. Yeah, and again, some excellent value there if you want to take a flyer on those guys. Cameron Meredith, average draft position at 152, wide receiver 57, and Ted Ginn all the way down at 204, wide receiver 68. You can get him for a song, so could be a good pickup late in your draft. Okay, let's jump over to you again, Matt. What's the fifth thing you are looking for in the preseason? All right, I think the the matchup that, or I should say the competition that's intriguing me the most is who in the world is going to win the lead back position in Green Bay. And mm. what I'm yep. kind of leaning towards is that it, it may not be anybody necessarily winning it. I want to see particularly how they use Ty Montgomery in the preseason because Montgomery is really my favorite player out of that backfield. I think he has the most potential. I think we could see him moving around in the slot. Um, and then, But he's going last in ADP right now compared to Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. All of mm-hmm. those guys, by the way, in about two rounds of each other in ADP. So you're looking at one of the best offenses in football with arguably the best, I would say the top two best quarterbacks in football and just so much fantasy potential going in the mid-rounds. One of those guys is going to – to lead rosters to their championship, but you know, where are you going to put your money? And right now my money's on timeout and I'm, I'm interested to see if the preseason is going to change that. Interesting. That's very, that's a really good question because there was a little bit of a lot up there and everybody was going Jamal Williams or Aaron Jones. And now with Aaron Jones on the, uh, so to speak with a little bit of a, a little bit of a suspension. Ty Montgomery can make a move, and who knows what's going to happen there. So let's go ahead and bounce it over to you, Ryan. What's the last thing you're looking at in the NFL preseason? So the last thing I'm looking at, and uh, it's kind of a storyline, and I think you've uh, seen me do this a couple times over the years. But, you know, it's really interesting to me, a guy who I was really high on last year who then had kind of a disappointing campaign due to injury and whatnot. Now I think the pendulum swung the other way where people are way too hyped on him, and this was spurred by that. Uh, I know there's a lot of mm-hmm. the CBS guys from Fantasy Pro or from the the CBS Fantasy uh, Football Podcast, which I'm forgetting the name of their show now. But anyways, uh, Jesse Eisenberg, uh, all those guys, they they were in that big expert draft with Scott Fish and uh, Corey Davis went high or like middle fourth round, mm-hmm. and it's it's almost mind blowing to me the hype around this guy. And if you remember last year during our our, our NFL, not our our fantasy, but the NFL mock drafts we do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I was the guy who selected Corey Davis early in that draft. Um, and then obviously he went much higher than even I expected in the actual draft. And uh, yep. Corey Davis is a guy who I, I really believe in his skill and his talent. And I think he's, he's a, a big time player, um, but he hasn't proven anything at the NFL level. Uh, people keep overlooking Rashard Matthews, who's all, all he's done is produce since he's gone uh, to Tennessee. He has, you know, 110 plus receptions. 13 touchdowns and nearly 2,000 yards. I think it's uh, roughly like 1,700 yards in the two seasons in Tennessee. So it's a guy who continues to produce. You have Delaney Walker who continues to produce. You now have Deion Lewis in the passing game. They have all these mouths to feed. 
the offense, while it's had its good moments, um, you know, Mariota hasn't been, you know, hasn't really taken that next step forward and been a super uh, elite. So when I look at a guy like Corey Davis who's going there and Rashard Matthews mm-hmm. ADP right now on Fantasy Pros is 140, um, that's kind of mind-blowing to me. So for me, what, what I need to see to really buy in on this hype is I need to see Corey Davis looking like a man amongst boys out there. You know, that I know it's preseason, but I need to see him um, really produce and just really show that he's taking that leap because um, if, if he's getting selected, you know, in the middle of a fourth round by by guys when, when he really, you know, I know it was marked with injury, but, um, you know, again, it's just injury isn't his fault, but my point is you haven't seen it. You haven't seen it yet on the NFL right. level. So how you can buy in on a guy this high who no one was buying in this high on before last year, and you have yep. all these other guys who do produce in that offense, um, to me, I just think that that's a, that's a really another interesting matchup there in Tennessee beyond the backfield one. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And, of course, Corey Davis right now at an ADP of 69, wide receiver 27. I much prefer taking Rashard Matthews, who it's all the way down to 140, wide receiver 53. I think that is an excellent value there. But, of course, keep an eye on that in the preseason because we'll see some of that play out. So, And that is actually all the time we have today. Thank you, Matt. And I will thank Ryan, although he's here every week, because – Man, that was a real that was a real tough <laughs> tough road getting this up and running. Everybody, we had that's Matt Hicks that we had on the show today. He is the founder of Top to Sports. Check out Top to Pod podcast. He has great insight. He talks dynasty, he talks fantasy football. This guy knows what he's talking about, and he's from Baltimore, Maryland. So what else could you want? All right, Matt, thanks for being on the show. Why don't you give us your social media so people can follow you? Yeah, absolutely. Always happy to jump on. Always a fun podcast to come and talk on. Follow me over on Twitter at Top2Matt. I love engaging with uh, fans and analysts alike. So go ahead and give me a follow. Very engaging on Twitter. So let's chat. All right. And Ryan, uh, everyone, if you don't know, he likes engaging, quote unquote, with his people as well. So you go ahead and follow him and send them what you really think. Uh, Why don't you give us your uh, social media so people can follow you? I think you just hinted at that I like to troll and fight with people, but regardless, you can follow me at you can follow me at Ryan Whitfield N E and make sure uh, my two shout outs to check out my boys at DraftingSleepers.com, the social network for fantasy sports, uh, and on our other one, my contact over at SquadQL uh, is actually everyone's saying congrats to him, although I won't throw his name out. Uh, has just had twins, so he's out of the oh. office. So we don't have official copy for this yet. Um, but in the meantime, I'll just say go check out Squad QL. Uh, it's a fanny, uh, fantasy optimizing uh, applica- application. Help you set your lineups all year long for for those of you not doing uh, best ball leagues. So um, I'll have that sounding much better once their marketing team gets me more. But for now, check out Squad QL. All right. Well, thanks again, both of you guys, Matt, Ryan, and. Again, thank you all your listeners who are wasting time with us. You wasted extra time with us today, so I really appreciate that. You can follow me at FB Garbage Time. Until next time, and I mean it this time because there's NFL football this week, everybody. Enjoy your NFL.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.